Did you know there are nearly 9,000 units of local government in Illinois? This includes about 3,000 general purpose governments and 6,000 special purpose governments. General purpose governments include counties, townships, and municipalities, and in Illinois, townships make up about 50%. Townships are one of the first forms of government created in the state going back to the Illinois Constitution of 1848. Townships provide general assistance to the public, real estate assessment assistance, and maintain township-owned roads and bridges. Townships may also provide a number of youth and senior services and can also provide zoning, police and fire protection, and other services. They are governed by township boards that consist of a supervisor and members elected at large. Townships may also have separately elected highway commissioners, assessors, and clerks. To pay for these services, townships also levy property taxes and issue bonds. This episode is to catch up with some of our faculty doing research about township government. Dr. Kurt Thurmeyer, Dr. Chris Goodman, and Dr. Jaehee Jong, faculty in the Department of Public Administration at NIU. Enjoy our conversation. Welcome to our podcast, All Things Local, a monthly podcast about issues and ideas in our local communities from the people who research and serve them, brought to you by the School of Public and Global Affairs at Northern Illinois University. I'm your host, Dr. Alicia Shadiman, Associate Professor here at NIU. We'll hear from researchers and public service workers in government and nonprofit organizations across communities about topics and issues affecting our towns, villages, cities, and neighborhoods. Well, hello, my name is Jehee Jung, and I'm an assistant professor in the Department of Public Administration. Um, I work on a, a wide range of uh, human resources and organizational behavior issues in the workplace, including uh, employee attitude toward organizations, leadership, employee benefit, and workforce diversity. Uh, hi, uh, Kurt Thurmeyer. I'm chair of the Department of Public Administration, director of the School of Public and Global Affairs. And I've been at NIU for about 15 years. And my focus is both on kind of local government, finance and budgeting, especially, but also the collaboration aspects, uh, whether or not that involves money and uh, how different local governments, towns, municipalities, counties collaborate or not for delivering public services and including intersectoral, which is do they collaborate also with largely nonprofits, uh, also sometimes firms. Hello, I'm Chris Goodman, uh, also an assistant professor in the Department of Public Administration at Northern. Um, I uh, am very similar to Kurt in that I study uh, local governments largely, uh, their finances and budgets. Um, I'm also interested in uh, local government fragmentation. So why do we have so many governments and uh, what are they doing and how do they interact with each other? Uh, I tend to focus on special districts, but I'm uh, increasingly uh, focusing on all forms of local government rather than, than kind of specializing in, in one these days. One of the reasons we need to research townships is because they're the favorite whipping boy of legislators who want and editorial writers who want to complain about having too many uh, governments, local governments in Illinois. And, uh, you know, all we have to do is eliminate 1700 townships and we'll have eliminated thousands of local governments and waste and fraud in government and so on. And the first question that one has to ask them is, and who actually is going to do what the townships do now? Uh, and who wants to do that? And uh, so that's kind of the first question. The second question is, 
when people say these broad brush things, they're, they're not taking into account the variation that exists in Illinois townships. One of the things that we have at the heart of the study is just what's the profile in 2021 of townships? Because they have three statutory duties. They, there's the assessment, which is what Chris has focused on. So they're responsible for assessing properties in their, in their township jurisdiction. Then, uh, and they have an assessor for that. Then they have a responsibility for roads, which are not county roads, state roads, federal roads, or municipal roads. Those roads are important for farmers and others out there. Uh, and there's a highway commissioner that is in charge of that. And then the third thing is uh, when someone is, is really down on their luck and they, you know, whatever, they've, they've been thrown out of their house or their, you know, drastic medical emergency or whatever, if they need just some cash to get them across, the, you know, the end of the month or whatever, they can go to the town supervisor and ask for cash. It's called... Uh, it's called general assistance. This is like $300, $500. It's not a lot of money, but for someone who like needs to make sure the water isn't turned off or the gas isn't turned off or whatever, that money is essential. So the town supervisor, who's an elected official, that's what that person does. And there's no rules. They just, it's up to them, you know, local township rules to the extent they have a policy can be followed. But um, those are the three things towns have to do townships. And, and most townships in Illinois just do those three things. That's part of what we have found out, which we'll talk about in a minute. But then there's a whole section of townships, which do somewhat more and some that do a lot more. So you have, you know, something like DeKalb Township, which has basically um, slightly more than the three statutory, because they also take care of, for example, the township cemetery. Uh, but you look at Hanover Township, which is near Bartlett, and they do a huge range of services. They have a large staff and so on. So when someone says, let's abolish townships, one has to ask, okay, who's going to take care of those roads? Who's going to do the assessment? Who's going to hand out the cash? Or are we going to get rid of those things? And if they're taking care of a cemetery, which local government wants to be in charge of cemeteries now? So those, that's kind of the impetus for this, is let's, let's have evidence-based discussions about whether we have townships, how many townships, whether we want them to be doing the things that they're doing, and so on. Just let's provide a good foundation for evidence-based discussions about whether this is a, a proper form of government uh, for the state of Illinois. And did townships statutorily exist before cities and villages? Because th these three things are like pretty defined things. So I'm just curious if they came first or it went the other way. Well, you know, the history of townships is uh, complicated. And there's <laughs> actually a book about the history of townships. The, the first answer is, yes, townships are like an origin species, which is when the country was starting to expand, they essentially... Uh, as they took away land from Indians and gave it to white settlers, they did it in in, in sections of uh, six by six, generally by six by six miles, 36 square. And so you, you saw that, uh, uh, you know, kind of pattern. 
But over time, some were abolished, some were you know joined and, and merged and whatever. And over time, they had different responsibilities. So there are 50 states which decide whether they have township governments today or not. Uh, townships in New England function differently than townships in Illinois, which function differently than townships in Kansas and Wisconsin and so on. So you have to actually know what state uh, you're talking about and whether or not they have townships in the first place, and then what do they assign to those townships? So in Colorado, they're a, actually a form of local government that's like a small, smaller than a municipality. In Wisconsin, townships are a similar structure of, you know, four different levels of municipal government and so on, town, village, township, so on. Um, so the answer is it depends, but it's complicated, but fascinating at the same time. Okay, so let's go to the, the next question was to Jay He, kind of thinking about your research. How does this um, township project kind of fit into your research agenda? What are you hoping to learn for, for your area? So, uh, by the way, so to um, examine Illinois township services, their managerial and finance practice and their level of collaborations. So we collaborated with the township officials of Illinois to conduct a survey of the township officials who serve in the role of supervisor, administrator, or assessor. So uh, this January to March 2021, um, a survey was sent to uh, 1,500 officials and had responses from uh, 472 officials. So our survey shows that uh, Illinois Township government report operating with extremely low staff. That is, a majority of respondents indicate that they had fewer than five full-time and part-time employees. However, this varies considerably among township characteristics, as Kurt mentioned, like some uh, large township. Um, our survey data showed that and not surprisingly, the townships that provide services other than three mandated services in large townships, um, that is townships that serve a greater than 5,000 people. And in townships in metropolitan counties, reported a significantly larger level of full-time staff compared to townships they provide only three mandated services, the small townships and townships in rural counties. The number of uh, part-time employees shows a similar pattern. On the other hand, I think one misconception is that township services are very limited in terms of service areas and scopes. But this may be partly true, but it's not always the case. So our survey indicates that our survey areas and scopes vary from township to township. But despite a limited number of staff in general, some townships try to expand services. Uh, for instance, a township that provides services other than uh, three mandated services reported approximately 40% expansion in general uh, assistance service in the last 10 years. In addition, a substantial number of townships indicated that 
they were more likely to expand services in some of the non-mandated areas, including senior therapy, food pantries, lending closet, disabled services, senior and youth services. In addition, a few townships reported that they plan to initiate some services in the next three to five years, including youth services and cemeteries. So township governments tend to make collaborative effort with other townships, with nonprofit organizations, and with other local governments to meet service needs and expectations. And Chris, in your area, what are some surprising findings so far that stand out for you? So I, I am uh, the, the resident property tax person. So I'm interested largely in uh, the assessor's role, which uh, I, from the survey, we actually don't have a lot of responses from assessors. The things that are interesting to me are the things that we have either learned through the process or are not in the survey results. We have learned uh, that uh, assessors collaborate somewhat forcibly um, more often than we thought, um, though that's not necessarily reflected in the survey. They collaborate either through uh, not having an assessor. So the assessor, there is no one in the elected assessor's position, um, either because no one ran or a resignation or what have you. Um, and in those roles, the county often steps in to do um, that job. The county is in charge uh, effectively of property assessment in the in the county. Um, and in the nine, I believe it's nine counties without townships, they're fully in charge, but they are the coordinator in all of the other counties. So that happens more often than we thought. Additionally, the state requires small townships, those with less than 1,500 in population, to collaborate with neighboring townships uh, through a multi-township assessment district if they are... Uh, Another district? <laughs> yes. So they are required to create a special district, uh, an assessing district, um, with at least one additional township such that they will get over that 1,500 um, person threshold. Um, some of them are two, two townships, and that gets them over that number. Um, some of them are as many as 10. So for instance, I believe it's, it's one of the counties in the northwestern part of the state, and that's escaping me right now. They have collectively decided to divide the county in half, and the northern half is, is all of the townships um, in one uh, multi-township assessment district, and all of the ca- uh, townships in the south form a second district. Um, so we, we see a lot of collaboration and then there are, there's the, what we've calculated roughly somewhere between about 800 or so, um, that go off on their own and do, um, exactly the way the, the constitution says that they would do property assessment. So that is, uh, is an interesting finding on its own that we have an extreme diversity, even though on paper, uh, townships do property assessment. Um, in actuality, they do it, but so do a lot of other folks, um, which makes it a little more complicated. And particularly if we're talking about what Kurt was talking about at the beginning here um, of the legislature wants to make changes or as thinking about changes, we have to think about the diversity of how public services are provided, in this case assessment. Um, if we eliminate townships, what happens to property assessment? Um, we have a lot of different models in the state, um, and it's unclear which one is best 
uh, if there is a best, and um, how we should think about advising the legislature, if that's the way they want to go, um, of this is what I think would be the most efficient or effective mechanism for making this change such that we make it at all. So that's been an, an, an eye-opening experience of that. The amount of diversity is significantly higher. And in places that we might not expect, um, you know, we would ex probably expect collaboration and Kurt can speak to this more um, in more urban areas where there's more density and more ability to collaborate. But really we're seeing a lot of collaboration in rural areas uh, out of necessity. So, Kurt, from your perspective, some interesting findings coming up that relate to your background and research interests. What's interesting is that there's collaboration on a pretty narrow set of services. Like, they're not collaborating across the board. And when they are collaborating, they seem to be collaborating with other townships or at the county where most of that is the assessment issue. So part of what we are still working on is kind of separating how much of that activity is really assessment activity and how much is it on other kinds of projects. We also asked about uh, sharing people. And again, a lot of the sharing the people seems to be sharing assessment staff. One of the things we know from larger collaboration research is what we, what we understand from collaboration research broadly is you would expect intuitively that rural small townships would be those that would be more likely to benefit from collaboration and sharing and so on. And yet empirically, it turns out they are the least likely to collaborate. And generally speaking, a density of local governments and, and a juxtaposition, so having more neighboring uh, uh, and overlapping jurisdictions inc increases collaboration. So you actually find more collaboration going on in metropolitan areas than you do in rural areas, and unless it's mandated by the state. So in Iowa, counties have to collaborate on mental health. You know, they probably wouldn't if they if the state didn't make them and something like that. What we need to tease out here in in a lot more analysis is how does that actually hold through. Illinois townships. And, you know, we're, we're still trying to test uh, ideas out there. So for those who might be listening to the podcast that are not researchers, what are the challenges in doing this particular work that you've come across, maybe anticipated, maybe not anticipated? TOI has um, been super helpful, the township officials of Illinois, uh, and Jerry Crabtree, who's the assistant director, you know, is part of the team. And that's essential, you know, to have their support because they could send out uh, email and notices to their, to their members that this is coming. So that gets us a higher response rate. Even then, uh, especially in small rural townships, they have a whole bunch of supervisors and, and people that don't have email addresses, or at least they're not sharing them even with TOI. So, so being able to get to everybody is a challenge. And our sample is fairly representative. We have a little more uh, responses from larger, more metropolitan areas because of that bias toward you know being able to collect people. But 
we still have a fairly sizable uh, representation of the small rural uh, townships. So I think we I think we are going to be pretty able to draw conclusions. But that's that's the biggest challenge is just getting people getting people to actually see the survey and then get them to respond. Yeah, I would I would echo that entirely. That there's there are a lot of township officials in the state. There are roughly fifteen hundred townships. Um, if all of the positions are filled, so that's three executive positions: the assessor, the highway supervisor, and the township supervisor, plus four to five trustees. You know, we're talking about ten thousand people, give or take. Um, and a good number of them, uh, we don't know how to contact, uh, which is, it makes doing this kind of work um, incredibly difficult. Uh, and, and like Kurt mentioned, a lot of this is kind of an urban-rural divide. The urban uh, townships tend to be highly professionalized, um, larger staffs, uh, things like that. Uh, depending on where you are in the state, more rural townships tend to be um, significantly smaller, um, as Jay, he mentioned, fewer employees, they might not have a permanent office. Uh, they might not have uh, a lot of the, the infrastructure that the more urban or suburban areas have, which makes contacting them uh, difficult. Um, we've also found, and this is where our collaboration with the township um, officials of Illinois is hugely um, important, is us as Northern um, has uh, fewer contacts in the Southern part of the state, just simply by geography. So when we want to contact uh, folks in local government, um, they don't automatically associate us with local government as, um, as you know, villages and cities and towns um, in the Northern half of the state um, tend to immediately think of us as the, the local government folks. Um, so that building that credibility is uh, is has been very important, and that's where TOI has been uh, essential um, to to doing that. Um, what are your plans for sharing the research, both with the academic community and then broadly the public, so that we can improve understanding of how townships work? I've lived in several townships, and I still <laughs> I still don't always understand them. Yeah, we have already uh, got an article coming out in the Illinois Municipal Policy Journal. And that goes to a lot of legislators and elected officials. Uh, so that's kind of the first, here are the descriptive statistics about what we, what we found. Uh, to, and it primarily is a chance to just alert people that we're doing the study, right? Jay, he and I are going to be talking to the metropolitan township officials about the uh, results that we have. So those are, that's one group. And then we also promised uh, TOI that we would present the data results to the TOI members at the TOI conference. And then we're just hoping that we'll get a really good turnout for the annual NIU Township Academy, which we run for two Fridays uh, each fall. And it's a morning and afternoon session on two Fridays. So we have four sessions. And what we'll be doing is really, that'll be in, I think, uh, October, is really providing much more depth to the analysis than you'll than, than in the initial presentations. And the most important thing is we'll be able to have interaction and engagement. So what we want to do with these uh, data and the analysis is we actually want to 
um, provoke in the nice sense of the word. We want to really uh, prompt uh, uh, engagement and conversations. So if we say, here's what the data show and, and what do you think? We want township officials to say, well, of course, that's because X or actually, I think you're missing it because really the story is Y and so on. And that'll let us go to the next level, which is, okay, every time they say things like that, we're starting to create a new set of questions that then we can potentially uh, do in another round of survey. So we really, again, this is really a public service uh, kind of project aimed at helping people understand better the complexity of dealing with um, the role of townships in Illinois uh, public services. So we wanna, of course, have academic publications out of this and you know regressions and things like that that academics care about. But uh, we really are gonna make sure that when we have analyses from these different uh, perspectives that we're going to make sure that we're engaging a with township officials to make sure we're might you know concluding er erroneously something but also then as we get that kind of tested field tested results we can start presenting that to legislators other local governments ILCMA because we need a fuller conversation among local governments as well as uh, state legislators. Because if 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 the state legislators want to, you know, abolish townships, then these other local governments have to take those responsibilities, or the legislature has to say, "Well, we're not going to do that." So, are we going to get rid of of um, general assistance? Okay. Um, that's their prerogative, but then what happens? Do they want to um, abolish townships? Who's going to take care of those roles? We had one bill that passed the legislature. It was a basically a personal bill of a legislator who um, gave the opportunity to test the notion that people would abolish their township in favor of saving money um, in McHenry County. Now, the legislator, interestingly enough, didn't live in McHenry County. It wasn't his township that was going to get abolished. It was somebody else's, but that's another story. But the point is, the people rejected that idea overwhelmingly. And so this notion that the people don't want to pay for township governments isn't, isn't really being supported yet by you know, empirical evidence, though the evidence itself is pretty scarce. Yeah, I'd like to uh, add one important takeaway. Um, it's about engagement with citizens. Um, the township government tend to largely disregard uh, use of social media such as Facebook and Twitter as platforms that would help them communicate with their resident. Um, the majority of uh, townships do not use social media for the purpose of general community engagement or customer service. And only 7% of respondents said they used social media for recruitment. And um, as Chris and Kurt mentioned, the challenges of the, uh, using this survey, Two-thirds of townships uh, responded that their township do not have a township website, which is rather surprising in today's world. Yeah. I think it's important uh, Illinois township government to consider developing practices and capabilities to communicate with uh, citizens because it can help uh, build community connections uh, with uh, citizens. We as uh, this kind of research group are very much interested in exactly what Kurt was talking about of the, the public engagement portion of this, of this project, that 
uh, a lot of folks, um, potentially in government, but maybe not just kind of normal folks, don't necessarily fully understand what townships do in the state. And once you tell them, they are largely uh, on board with, with the services that they provide. They, they're interested in those, those things. Trying to figure out or trying to better inform the public of we have a lot of local governments in Illinois. They all do roughly specific things. Um, we should consider what those things are before we start fiddling with them. Um, yeah. As Kurt and, and Jay have mentioned a couple of times, if we think about eliminating these things, um, those services have to go somewhere. Um, or we have to not do them. Those are really our two choices. And um, it has seemed once we start to actually get into that, that that is not, neither one of those is a palatable option. Not doing them, those services anymore doesn't really work. And having someone else do them doesn't really work either. Providing more information to this policy debate is really what we're interested in. We hope you enjoyed this episode of All Things Local, a monthly podcast brought to you from the School of Public and Global Affairs at Northern Illinois University. I'm Dr. Alicia Shadman. Join me next time to discuss issues and ideas facing our local communities. To learn more about our faculty and programs here at NIU, go to niu.edu backslash SPGA.